It is time to begin our service this evening. Uh, for whatever reason, I cannot get our projector to connect. So it is songbook only tonight. Uh, I feel like I need to sit down and let John do this because he gets so excited. <laughs> uh, so, Derek, I apologize, but I fixed your pictures, but nobody's going to know besides me and you. <laughs> uh, and Rick, there's not going to be a slide either. So. Um, so tonight we'll start with number 932 uh, and go to 933 uh, just together there. Tonight we'll have one song, and then Chris, somebody has, an, Mike has announcements. Two more songs, and uh, Derek will have our uh, lesson this evening. 932, Holy Ground. If you would, let stand for this song, please. Let Everyone's having a good week. Just a few announcements before we get back into our worship services. Uh, just a reminder that on Friday, this Friday, May the 12th, there'll be a teen lock-in, and doors will lock at 10 p.m. for that. Also on Saturday will be the Stamp Out Hunger Food Drive, and if you're uh, wanting to participate in that, please meet in the uh, back parking lot at 9.30 a.m. May 14th is the deadline for Ford Hill camp registration, so if you have a kid that wants to uh, attend, Please register them before May 14th to, uh, to get the, I think it's a $20 discount on that. Next Saturday, May 20th, is the hometown event at the fairgrounds. And then uh, on the May 21st, uh, Sunday, will be our senior reception, and that'll be for our graduating high school seniors. The uh, May 27th youth group event, that's uh, it's going to be a devotional at Carter Caves. That time has been pushed back. It'll be at 3.30. Again, that's on May 27th. Um, 
and all of our youth activities are a lot coming up. All of those activities I have sign-up sheets hanging up in the foyer, so if you're wanting to uh, participate in any of those, I just encourage you to get signed up so they can get a head count on who's going to be attending. And also there's a summer calendar of all the upcoming youth events out in the foyer, so grab one of those and take a look at all the uh, activities that are coming up. Reminder that uh, group, Life Group 1, this is uh, Rick and Chad's Life Group, will be having their May meeting on May 21st following morning services, and that'll be in the old auditorium. And also there is the uh, mowing schedule hanging up, so if you can help out with mowing this summer, uh, take a look at that and uh, sign up. Also, just a reminder that VBS is quickly approaching. That'll be June 4th through the 8th, so if you want to get involved with that, see Chris, and I'm sure he can find something for you to do. Uh, as far as the prayer list, uh, you know, keep Jimmy Wilgus, he was here this past Sunday, but keep him in pray his, our prayers as he continues to heal, uh, as well as Jim Haney, Doug Deeds, uh, Jamie Estes, and Angie King as they're home now from their recent surgeries and continue to heal. Amber Spitzer, um, Sean Maynard, this is uh, uh, Gail's son. He had an appointment in Cleveland, uh, Cleveland Clinic this week. I was hoping to get some answers, keep him in our prayers. Also, Terry Leap. Uh, Terry Leap's not doing well at this time, so need to keep him in our prayers and for comfort for, for him and the family. And also, Danny Wheeler. Uh, Danny's home now and has, uh, has hospice care, uh, so please pray for him and his family. And he, uh, you know, visitors are welcome, but they're asking that you would call first, so call either Linda or Joe if you want to go visit Danny. But we need to keep that family in our prayers as well. That is all the announcements that I have. Is there any other announcements need to be made at this time? All right, let's go to God in prayer. Father in heaven, we approach you at this time, Father, thanking you for the many blessings that you bestow upon each of us, Father. We thank you for today, for the beautiful weather that you've given us, the opportunity to be here this evening, Father, to sing praises to you, to worship you, Lord. And for the uh, ability to, to study from your word. We are so thankful, Father, that you have provided your word to us, that we have that to guide us, to, to encourage us, to, to give us direction as we navigate this, this world. And Father, we're most of all thankful for your son, Jesus, and what he means to us, and the sacrifice that he made for each of us. And we thank you for him and for the love that you have shown us through him, Father. Father, we're mindful of just so many that are struggling with various health issues and those that we've mentioned this evening that are in our Rome Journal, our shut-ins. Father, we especially want to lift up Terry Leap at this time to you and pray that you would provide him strength and comfort and just be with the family, Father, that they will have peace. And, and we know, Father, that you are good and, and we know that you are one that can provide that comfort and we thank you for that. And, and also, Father, want to lift up Danny Wheeler to you at this time and Pray you be with him and, and his family as, and uh, provide the, the peace and comfort to them as well, Lord, that only you can provide. Father, we again thank you for all that you do for us. We thank you for, for Jesus, and Father, we ask your forgiveness when we do fall short and sin against you. And it's through Jesus we pray. Amen. It's on, Thomason. <laughs> uh, our next song is going to be number 886. 886. Let's sing hallelujah to the Lord.
I do some quick changes because I had some overhead only songs picked out tonight. 886, let's do the all verses except uh, the third one. So one, two, four, five, six. Sing hallelujah to the Number 684. 684. This world is not my home. Thank you. 
citations which you want to mark? Uh, number 61. Number 61. Are you coming to Jesus tonight? There. Good evening. I know you're all going to be disappointed. The PowerPoint projector is not working. I had some very flattering pictures of myself that I was going to share. Um, and unfortunately, um, you're not going to be able to see those. Maybe you can bri bribe Thomas and he'll show you those later. But, um, you know, when you only get to speak once every other quarter, every six months or every three months, however it comes down to, you often end up speaking what's going on in your own heart, in your own life, because you're not speaking regularly on a series. So when um, Chris asked me to speak, I was excited because I've really been thinking and praying about a particular topic a lot myself, and so I get to, to share it with, with all of you. So um, I, got a, I got a pretty rude awakening about two months ago. I went on a, a routine uh, medical visit that you're supposed to go on every year, and most of us guys don't do that, at least guys that are my age. We don't like to go to doctors. We don't go to doctors on a regular basis because they cost too much money and they don't know what they're doing, and I can give you a hundred reasons that are wrong about how I justify why I don't go. But I don't go a lot. So I go, and I've, I've gained 30 pounds, and my cholesterol super high, and I get a really bad report. You know, so the doctor could see my physical fitness, they could see my physical well-being, they could take my blood, test my blood work, and tell me what's wrong. And, you know, that was a wake-up call for me. So if any of you are on Facebook and you check my Facebook, you'll probably know that I'm trying to get myself back in physical shape from the Facebook posts that I'm, that I'm making. I'm, I'm trying to ride the bike, I'm trying to jog, I'm trying to do some push-ups and some set-ups, and trying to do the things that I know that I've gotta do to get our bodies back in shape, right? You know, the thing about physical fitness is, you know, as much as we don't really wanna admit it, you can kind of look at someone and see if they're in good physical fitness or in good physical shape, or they're not. You, we can kind of do that. You know, we kind of have the idea of what the body's supposed to look like, what we're supposed to be, and if it doesn't present that way, it, we're probably not in very good physical shape. Well, you know, unfortunately, when we're in the church and we're together with our brothers and sisters, sometimes it's, it's harder to see what kind of spiritual shape someone is in versus what kind of physical shape they're in. Right? We don't always get the same indicators when we only see someone once a week at church. So as I've been trying to get my physical self in order, um, I'm finding myself spiritually to be in one, some of the best shape that I've ever been in my life. So how can I be physically out of shape and spiritually in shape? And the pictures that I was gonna have on the screen that you could see, the uh, first picture was a picture of me seven or eight years ago after I finished my marathon that I ran in Louisville. So I was 180 pounds, I was in excellent shape, and I had just ran 26 miles. But 
I, I wasn't nearly as close to God as I was at church camp in the picture I posted right next to it when I was 220 pounds, out of shape, and couldn't have run one mile if I had to, and, and someone was chasing me. So spiritual shape is different than physical shape. We would all agree to that, right? And we know ways that we have with, with medical tests and different things that we can test physical shape. So my question tonight is, how do you test your spiritual shape? So since we don't have our projectors, if you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me, we're going to be in Hebrews chapter 12. We've got a little bit of reading since we don't have it on the projector. So we're going to read verses 1 through 12 so we can get the entire passage here. So Hebrews 12, 1 through 12. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders and sin that so easily entangles. Let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us. Let us fix our eyes on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross, scorning its shame, and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider him who endured such opposition from sinful men so that you will not grow weary and lose heart. In your struggle against sin, you have not resisted to the point of shedding your blood, and you have not forgotten that your word of encouragement that addresses you as sons. My son, do not, do not make light of the Lord's discipline. Do not lose heart when he rebukes you, because the Lord disciplines those he loves, and he punishes everyone he accepts as a son. Endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons, for what, a son is not for what son is not disciplined by his father? If you are not disciplined, and everyone undergoes discipline, then you are illegitimate children and not true sons. Moreover, we all have human fathers who have disciplined us, and we have respected them for it. How much more should we submit to the Father of our spirits and live? Our fathers disciplined us for, as, for a little while as they taught us best. But God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. No discipline seems pleasant at the time. But painful, later on, however, it produces a harvest of righteousness and peace for those who have been trained by it. Therefore, strengthen your, ar your arms and weak knees. So the Hebrew writer, I want to highlight a couple of things that he says in that passage. He says, let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles, and let us run with perseverance the race marked before us. So we all know what the race marked before us that the writer is talking about here, right? He is talking about the race that we've been given to do the, the will of God while we're here on this earth. And that's to be an example of who Christ is, and that is to lead others to Christ as we have been led to Christ. That's the race that we're running. We're all racing to get to heaven and to bring as many people with you. You've all heard that before, right? We're running to get to heaven and bring others with us. So let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. So what are some things that hinder us and some sins that entangle us from doing God's work? Well, I think 
you know, we really have to, have to focus on um, what God's work is to find out what hinders us from doing that work. So if God's work ultimately is us obeying the scripture of what, what he's given us to follow and then leading others to do the same, then the, one of the big things that can hinder and, and entangle us is not knowing what the scripture says. Would you agree? If we don't know what the scripture says, we don't know what sin is, we don't know how to avoid things that keep us from doing God's work, if we're not fixing our eyes on Jesus and letting him be our example. And in verse, in verse 8, um, sorry, verse 7, endure hardship as discipline. God is treating you as sons. For what son is not disciplined by his father? I can remember many times my parents had a, a wooden, I told my kids this, they don't believe me, I don't think. My parents had a wooden paddle and it had holes drilled in it so you could swing it faster, but more aerodynamic, right? And it had words written in red. Can you guess what was written in red on the paddle? It was called the attitude adjuster. It was made to adjust my attitude when it wasn't right. And, you know, I think the threat of the attitude adjuster was, was probably more effective than the attitude adjuster actually was. But I can promise you there were times that the attitude adjuster got used and it adjusted the attitude. So it worked. So, you know, sometimes discipline is needed to train ourselves to do as to act as we should. We have spiritual discipline as well. You know, we, we don't always get what we want, right? It doesn't always work how we want the work, things work out. Um, and sometimes, you know, I, I, um, I want us to make sure that we know what we are getting ourselves into when we decide that we want to follow Jesus. Drew made a joke to me earlier that I was going to talk about the prosperity gospel. And sometimes some preachers do, do speak about if you follow God, he's going to bless you richly financially, and you're going to have a big car and a big house, and if you just give more money, you'll get more blessings. We know that we read the book, we know that's not how it works, right, church? We know that we know where we're headed. Jesus says that if you want to follow me, take up your cross and follow me. It's not a cross necklace that's gold around your neck, right? It's a cross that meant, meant suffering and hardship. We are going to suffer in this life if we're going to work for Christ. If we're going to be on his team, we are going to suffer. Now, likely living where we do today, you're not going to be crucified for your faith in Christ. You're not going to be flogged. You're not going to be beaten. But you are going to be ridiculed. I know there's many times in my professional career um, that I've made the decision to not stand up for Christ because I, I wanted to be looked, like, looked at in a certain way by, by management and by upper management because I wanted to get myself promoted. Always acting like Christ is kind of, a, is kind of an outlier. It's, it's kind of frowned upon, and I want to make sure I blend in with the rest of the crowd. I've fallen victim to that because I didn't have my priorities fixed on Jesus I had my priorities fixed on myself and where I wanted to take myself. So I was allowing myself to be entangled because I had a goal for myself 
that wasn't aligned with what God's goals are. You know, I really firmly believe that God doesn't care if I'm a banker or a lawyer or a doctor. He cares about what I do with the gift of his son Jesus and how I, once I've accepted him and, and followed the salvation process, what I do with that gift by how I share that with others and how I live my life. So I can live my life as a, just as Christ has called me as a banker or a preacher or a lawyer or a doctor, but I've got to put Christ first in my life. Because if I don't put Christ first in my life, then I'm always going to be ensnared and entangled by something that I'm trying to reach and I'm trying to do personally. And it's okay if I reach for those things, but when I reach for those things and it compromises who I am in Christ and the work I'm trying to do with Christ, then I've allowed myself to get entangled and I've allowed myself to, to not be spiritually strong. Um, and in verse, in verse 10, our Father disciplines us for a little while as you ought to, as he thought was best, but God disciplines us for our good that we may share in his holiness. We know that's our, our role to, to shine God's light, to share in his holiness, to be Christ-like to others. So if you'll turn over with me to, um, to Acts chapter 2 and verse 42. Um, I think this is the simplest, easiest explanation and practical process of what we do to grow and strengthen ourselves spiritually. Um, and I had it written on my, my slide. It was really smooth and really simple, but it probably won't be that simple now, but I'm going to do it anyway. So Acts chapter 2, verse 42, I'm sure most of you don't even have to turn to it. You've already got it memorized. It's basically, it's what the early church did. So they heard Peter's preaching. They responded to Peter's preaching. They asked, what do we do? Peter tells them to repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins, right, in Acts 2.38. And then we carry on to Acts 2.42. And what did the early church do? They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to the fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. Church, if we can do those things, if we devote ourselves to the apostles' teaching, what's the apostles' teaching? Anybody know? Kind of got it here? Yeah, it's the New Testament, right? The apostles' teaching is, is the New Testament as it corresponds to the Old Testament, the scripture that we have. What is the fellowship? The ecclesia, the ecclesia. What is the fellowship? It's, it's not this building. This building is not the church. This is the church building. The church is us, right? How do we grow spiritually? We grow spiritually in community. God created man to have relationship with and for us to have relationship with each other. We are accountable to each other within the church. Um, God set up uh, the, the church leadership process, the eldership process to have oversight over the church, to make sure that the church members are correctly understanding God's word to make sure we're correctly actively doing what God's word is. And we, we get that by dedicating ourselves to the fellowship, to being here, to being present. And not only in this building, the fellowship's not in this building, the fellowship's outside of this building. The fellowship is the church. So we dedicate ourselves to being with each other, loving each other, 
helping each other. To breaking bread. You know what the breaking of bread is referring to here, right? It's referring to remembering what Jesus did for us. To, to having communion. For breaking the bread that represents Jesus' body. For drinking the juice that represents his blood that was shed for us. And remembering what Jesus did. Because that ultimately is what helps keep our eyes focused on him, as the Hebrew writer says. And lastly, to prayer. And one of the things that I can find myself doing that it's a, a, sure, a sure sign of my spiritual uh, health is my prayer life. How much am I praying? What am I praying for? How much of a focus am I giving my prayers? And you can, you can use that as a gauge for how spiritually healthy you are. How much do you depend on God for? What are you relying on him for? And what are you not? And are you praying? And what are you praying or what are you not praying? Those are all things, questions that you need to ask yourself. It'll be indicators of spiritual health. So I guess what I'm trying to tell you this evening is, you know, physical health is easily noticeable, but it's far less important than spiritual health. Our spiritual, our physical bodies last for a short time. Our spiritual bodies are eternal, right? And it's more important that I'm strong spiritually than it is that I'm strong physically. And yes, I think it's important that we take care of our bodies and we keep ourselves in good shape so we can do God's work and we can take care of our families that we, that we have. But our spiritual health is far more important. So as we prepare to take the invitation tonight, I want to ask you two things. One, have you decided to follow Jesus? And if, and if you have and you haven't yet been baptized into Christ, I invite you to take this opportunity to do that now. And if you're already baptized in Christ, and if you would go to the spiritual doctor's office right now, and you'd get a bad report, I want to invite you to come forward and ask for the prayers of the church as we stand and sing.
Thanks for bearing with me till I got up here. Uh, let us join in a closing prayer. Dear Lord, we are so very thankful for your plan. Thank you for the words that our brothers delivered to us this evening and help us, Father, to take his take the message from your word very seriously and continue to try to apply it at each point in our life. Dear Lord, thank you for this time of study ahead of us. Thank you for this time of, of uh, brief worship. Father, we ask you to not only to be with us and bless us through this evening, but help us, Lord, as we proceed through the week, as we approach the day of worship. Lord, help us to be in your continued care and continued determination, Lord, to try to serve you in whatever way possible. Thank you so much for this hour and your care over us. Please bless us now as we open your word and try to learn something from it. Praise you, Lord, and thank you. In Jesus' name, amen. <laughs>